This morning, our speaker is Yaz Udagba, and we are so grateful for Yaz. Yaz is someone that is passionate about people, passionate about seeing people reach their potential and be all that God has called them to be. I know this morning Yaz is going to inspire us, it's going to challenge us, but why don't we approach this message with an open heart and thank you Yaz for the message you've brought this morning. Good morning Skylark Church, it is wonderful to be with you all today. Just want to say what a huge honour and privilege it always is to be given the opportunity to share what God has laid on my heart for you all. And so Pete and Nikki, I just want to say a massive thank you for just giving this space to me this morning. Just thank you for who you are, thank you for the way you lead, we love you so very much. I want to share with you the story this morning of a little girl and kind of the early stages of her life. And she had a really difficult childhood. It was very traumatic. She grew up in an environment where she wasn't aware of what a safe, loving kind of family environment was. And she had a really difficult relationship with both her mother and father and went through a very messy and traumatic divorce. Head into her teenage years and uh, she went to places and looked for love in kind of the wrong places, looked to fill that hole of rejection, looked to experience that kind of true love that she'd been searching for. And fast forward up until she was about 17 years old and then a boyfriend and his three friends took quite bad advantage of her in that relationship and it caused a form of trauma that would set to kind of put her on a set trajectory for the rest of her days and head into her late teens and early 20s where she met someone that turned her world upside down and then found her faith with Jesus and had to undo all of that work and this person that she'd met she helped her to learn to love herself helped her to learn to look inside helped her to learn that it is okay to be loved and to give love and helped her to do all the really difficult messy parts of work of the difficult parts of trauma that she experienced in her life to undo those moments. And then that person introduced her to the wonderful God and Saviour that some of us will be in relationship with today. And his name is Jesus. And that journey just kind of uh, spiralled really in, in just that little girl learning to love herself, learning to place value on her life and learning to share her journey with other people. And that little girl, in case you haven't guessed it, was me. And I am at a stage in my world now where I'm 34 years old, having been uh, on a journey with Jesus for 13 years and loving every moment in the highs and the lows. And none of my life has been conventional. None of my um, kind of life experiences have been conventional. The story that I've just shared, in fact, shares the highlights and some of the, the lowlights that I've experienced. And actually, if someone would have exper experienced those things, maybe just one of them, they might not have made it through. Yet everything in my life was done a bit topsy-turvy. The way I met my husband, the experience that I had during childhood, the way that my own career plans have looked potentially not even using the, my degree in the way that I thought I was. Not the way we raise our children is conventional and even the way that we choose to invest into the lives of others whilst raising a young family. Many people say to us, I literally don't know how you do it. But what is normal anyway? 
It's a question you see I often ask, and what is conventional anyway? It's a question that I've learned to be okay with, and my journey hasn't followed the straight kind of boxy lines and the, the straight path. It's been very, uh, I wouldn't even say uh, jaggedy. I would actually say it's been very fuzzy and there's lines and dots and crosses and things all over the place. But it's, I've just got to a stage of my life where I feel like I'm okay with that. And um, that has been a process in itself. I've learned, you see, to become more comfortable with asking God for perspective. And I have a little saying that I've developed over my years as I've journeyed with Jesus. And some of my friends will already be saying it probably. And they're two little words that have brought me strength and grace. And they've been able to settle my heart in the middle of really difficult circumstances. They give me wisdom when I feel like I do not know what is going on around me. And those two words are God knows. You see, through reading the Bible and developing my relationship with God for the past 13 years, walking through really, really difficult circumstances, I've come to realise that when our perspective shifts, that when we reshape how we think with the letting go and the learning to trust a little bit more, we can find a rest in those words. Even when we don't have a clue, even when we don't understand what's going on, I take comfort in the fact that even if I might be crying my eyes out, not knowing when it's going to end, that the painful journey will not be painful forever. That there will be a time when it feels like it's not so heavy. That there will be purpose that come out of this difficult pain. And that even if we don't feel it, he is always right there with us. God, our father, Jesus, our friend, he's always right close and personal. He's up close and personal. He's right there with us. You see, recently I found myself needing perspective for so many different areas of my life. And I've been reading some verses in Romans 12. And as I've been thinking about this series that we are exploring of share him, Jesus, share him. I sense that God just wants me to remind you this morning that sharing Jesus in the most uncomfortable and unconventional ways is absolutely fine. God is comfortable with you being your most authentic version of yourself. God is comfortable if you're having a conversation and your mindset is saying, well, I don't know that this is going to work out. I do feel a level of anxiety and worry about this situation. God is comfortable with that. And whether you're sharing him and having a bad day or a tough week or a terrible month or even a really difficult season, I want to encourage you this morning that God is okay with the way that you share him in the highs and the lows, when everything is not shiny and looking like it's in order and in place. Let's have a look together. I'm reading from Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 in the Passion Translation. The transforming power of the gospel. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvellous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. 
but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Wow, they are some pretty powerful verses. And what I love about them is that they provide solution-based responses to some of the things that Paul advises us to, to think about, maybe some of the things that we should stop doing. Just to give a little context, the book of Romans was written as a letter by the Apostle Paul. Now, for those of you who don't know, Apostle just means a pioneer or a visionary. It's someone that saw things ahead of time. And he was um, writing this letter to the Church of Rome. This book encourages us about to understand the richness of God's love, the vastness and depth of his love for people everywhere. There isn't a person that he hasn't created that he doesn't love. And so this helps us to understand the magnitude of that love. But it also helps us to discover and access some of the tools that God has given us. Some of, uh, to understand a little bit more about grace and faith and power. So that as we begin to acknowledge the greatness of God's grace for our lives, as we begin to acknowledge the glory over our lives, it requires us to have a better and more intimate personal relationship with Jesus. It requires us that our hearts would desire to be up close and personal. And so as a result, we just want to join him in every way that we can. See, that's what Paul is saying that he desires for us. And I do believe that his heart was bursting as he wrote this message, as he wrote this letter to the church. I believe that he's saying to me and to you and to the wider church, don't miss the mark. This is what I feel like God is saying over you. Listen in and let's do this together. For me, as I'm reading these verses, I imagine that first question to be a little bit rhetorical. That as Paul is talking to us, he's like, well, what should be our proper response to God's marvellous mercies? I know that as I've stopped at this part of the text, I've pondered on the words grateful and freedom. Because when I think about mercy, it brings me a daily sense of freedom, knowing that Jesus died on that cross and he rose again out of that tomb and reminds me that I have had my the, the punishment released. The things that I have done wrong, the things that I will do wrong and the things that I no doubt do wrong now. That even though in spite of that, that I am loved and treasured beyond my wildest imagination. And that leads me to gratefulness. Gratitude that here I am, loved, chosen, wanted, valued and needed on earth. I want you to know for yourself today that that is the same for you. That you are chosen, needed, valued and wanted here on earth. You see, one of the things I love about rhetorical questions is that we have this realisation that we do in fact already know the answer. Often when God asks us to do something, we say, what, me? You, you mean you really see that person in that way? Are you sure you want me to be part of the solution? Oh, you want me to share that really messy and uncomfortable part of my life that I just try to keep hidden? 
But Lord, how is me being vulnerable with somebody else going to help them? We go through all of these questions, don't we? And I just often, I, as I've been thinking about this, I imagine God with like a voice memo or a voice note on repeat at, you know, a speed that is like a trillion miles per hour saying, yes, you, 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 you. And that all of the kind of questions, the rhetorical questions that we often have going on all at the same time. I just imagine this like reverberation across the, the sound waves being like you, 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 you. And that it's just kind of, a big noise in God's world. You see, I imagine him sitting there with that gentle fatherly, fatherly love, laugh that says, yes, Yasmin, I'm asking you to do that. You see, surrendering ourselves and living as sacrifices is something that we kind of sign up for when we acknowledge Jesus at the beginning of a faith relationship. It's almost like a rhetorical question that we really should start asking ourselves are you sure you're ready for this? I love how Paul doesn't mess around. He doesn't mince his words. He asks us the question and then says, we've got to take our foot off the gas. We've got to take our foot off the control pedal in order to live in holiness, in order to delight God's heart. And then day in, day out, that is how we build and become that genuine expression of worship. That's how our lives represent that genuine expression of worship. Building relationship and sharing life with people is something that Timadugba love to do. It's something very natural to us and Efe and I are so passionate about people. We are so passionate about people staying the course with Jesus, loving him and enduring and persevering, living an exciting faith life in the midst of the highs and lows of all of that brings. My prayer is that if you've ever had a meal around our table, you've been welcomed into our home, that you would have experienced love and generosity, kindness, and you would have felt valued and heard, but also that you would have experienced grace and mercy and probably a little challenge. We have anyone and everyone around our table. And honestly, that is the way we love it. We, we welcome anyone who is willing to come and sit around the table and share in life. And we will share about the struggles that we face on a day-to-day -day basis as individuals. We share about our parenting struggles. We share about the things that we experience that are difficult in our marriage. We, any struggle and encouragement, we're prepared to show you and to engage with you in that way. And people often say to us, you're so open and so vulnerable with your story. And you share without holding the messy stuff back. And our answer is always the same. It's that part of our journey that helps us to, to surrender ourselves to God. It helps us to realise that no success without Jesus would be a true success for us. And equally, no storm or difficulty would be walked through without his hope and acknowledging his goodness over our lives. That is our genuine expression of worship. That is part of the way that we believe that we live a life of worship for Jesus. We feel compelled to share our scars and to talk of his faithfulness because it gives permission to others to let their guard down and to share some of the parts that perhaps they don't want anyone to see. And if you do come round and you only want to talk about the weather and what you're doing next week, 
you probably might struggle to come back to our home, but of course, you'll always be welcome. As we read in verse two, Paul tells us very directly to stop imitating the opinions and ideals of the culture around us. The footnote in my Bible says, actually, don't be squeezed into the mould of this present age. That's difficult, isn't it? When our external society and our external circumstances try as much as they can to dictate the way that we live our life, to dictate the way that we think, that will depend what we take in and how we process that information. And as the church, as the big church, we often have these kind of conventional five-step processes. These are the ways that we do evangelism. And I think one of the things that I often struggle with is that I watch people make others a project. I know what you need, you need Jesus. And I, know I can help you with that. And if you accept him into your life, everything will be well. But I think what the world needs, friends, is that someone needs to show them a little bit of kindness. Someone needs to show acceptance, creating spaces for belonging, a listening ear, someone who is willing to just take time to have a deep conversation. It often looks like someone showing up for them time and time again, not letting them down, but being consistent and available, even in the moments where it doesn't always feel convenient. One of the things that I love and admire so much about my husband is that when you're in front of him, he's all in with you. Anyone who knows him well will know that he's not the greatest responsive to WhatsApps or text messages or even phone calls. But when you're in front of him, he is all in. He's there absolutely 100% with his heart and soul right in that moment. He would say it himself, so I'm not saying anything negative about him. But one of the things he does is he makes space and he creates room for people to be heard. And he made friends and built a relationship with a guy in the gym that is local to us here in Hockley. And they just every so often go out for coffee and they just talk about life. And <clears throat> a little while ago, he was sitting with, with that gentleman in our local coffee shop and they were having a conversation. And when he got up to go, the barista handed him a note. And someone who'd been sitting on the next table had written him a note and said to him, I hope your friend realises how much value uh, you possess and what a good friend you are. And it said, I hope you don't think I was overhearing your conversation, but it must be such a privilege to have a friend like you giving such wise advice. That person had sat on the, you know, a table nearby and had listened to what they were saying and to listening to the wisdom and the, the depth of knowledge and I'm sure level of vulnerability that FA was sharing with and had taken time to write a note and to give it to the barista. We were just totally blown away. FA just came home and just said, you know, I can't believe that just in, in your natural sharing and just living your life, that that actually created a moment for somebody else that he wasn't even spending time with. I think that's pretty special. And I do believe that if we ask God to reform our minds, if we ask God to repurpose our thought processes, as we lean in and listen and learn, to the Holy Spirit, that we can show Jesus to people over coffee, in their tears, in their disappointment, in their discouragement, just by actually being there and choosing to show up. 
Recently, he met that same person for a coffee and he knows that there's a lot of things going on in our world and he was having a difficult time and he said to Efe, I just feel astounded and so blessed that you would take time out of your life to, to make space for me and to give me advice when you know there's so many things going on in your world. You see, Jesus wants us to use our everyday life to make people feel seen and to make them feel heard and to make people feel valued. Sometimes it doesn't always work out as easy as that. When Effie and I got together, we, um, my, my dad really just was not in agreement about our relationship. My dad is Pakistani and um, he didn't agree with me dating a black man and he also didn't agree with the fact that I'd come to faith. And we spent years praying and, you know, he came to our wedding and the, the Lord has taken us on a really, really long journey. And, you know, uh, things have turned around. We've done a lot of forgiving and we have chosen to walk this path uh, with grace. It's not always easy, but with the wisdom of heaven. And we feel like God has asked us to to just go slowly on the journey with him. You see, I had to have a perspective shift because I was entitled to my hurt. I was entitled to the pain, but I didn't want that to be the lens at which I saw everything through. And, you know, God has been gracious. He's been merciful. And we now have a better relationship with him. He's very accepting of FA and they actually have started to build a good relationship. It's not easy. In fact, sometimes it's still very difficult, but I am prepared to go the, the length and the breadth to see what God will do, what miracles God will do. You see, the truth is the reformation of the mind is not an easy thing. It can only come with the help of the Holy Spirit leading us, guiding us and reshaping our hearts and our minds so that we can live with values outside of the culture at this time. And we must never become familiar with what the Holy Spirit can do. And we must never become complacent with the holiness of God. You see, today's society says, well, someone's hurt you, cut them off. Just go out, go after the things that you want and all that you want to achieve and don't worry how you get there. Emotional and mental health in our society is maybe hanging on by a thread these days. Judgment and comparison is one of the biggest plagues of our times. And so we have to come with opposite values. But we can only do this by asking God to impart his wisdom into us over our own emotions and feelings. We have to come higher. We have to allow, allow God to reform and reshape. The wonderful thing is that we can create neural pathways. We can create new neural pathways in our brains by doing different things, by reshaping our thoughts, by the information that we take in, by training our brain in the way that we think. I had every right to stop engaging with my dad, but I felt like God had asked me to do the long, hard and difficult journey with him. And that means thinking grace, thinking mercy, thinking love, and compassion in that area. I do just for a moment want to speak to those who perhaps have maybe a husband or a wife or a partner, um, a child or a close friend or family member who you love very much and that you've been praying for an encounter for them with Jesus that would change their life for a long, long time. As I've been praying, 
I get this sense that some of you are so tired in this area and wondering if God will make a way to see that promise come true. I know how hard and exhausting it can be firsthand. I have been the only Christian in my family for 13 years now. One half of my family is Muslim and the other don't yet have a faith. I have been praying and believing that one day they will step into relationship with Jesus. Sometimes it's hard because I feel so very different and other times it's never a problem. But I am convinced that my life, the way we choose to live our life and raise our family, the values that we hold strong to and the faith journey that they watch is all a part of their journey. And also bit by bit also helps to reshape and remould their minds and perhaps even their own thoughts and ideas around anything to do with faith. One key verse that keeps me encouraged in this area that I have had from the beginning of my faith walk is 2 Corinthians 4 verses 16 to 18. So no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison because we don't focus our attention on what is seen but we focus on what is unseen for what is seen is temporary but the unseen realm is eternal and I am just so aware that we never know what speaks to people, what encourages them, what helps them to keep going. We also need to reshift our minds. We need to reshape them. We need to reform our minds to focus on what is unseen because we just never know what the Holy Spirit is doing. Just like people can't see what he's doing with us and below the surface in our world. We can't see what God is doing with those that we love and care for. So I want you to take heart, to be encouraged, to know that we are in this together. And I'm praying for you for fresh strength and renewed vigour in this area. Don't give up hope. You see, perspective shift isn't easy. Often having to see what isn't quite there yet is about holding on to God, trusting and believing that a good outcome will be there. It will happen. A good outcome will arrive one day. So today, as I close, there's been no three-step process. There's been no kind of punchy points. But as I stopped to take in these verses, I just had this sense that heaven wanted to say, keep going, keep sharing in the mess, in the chaos, in the parts that you don't want to share, when you feel like you don't have it all together. Keep sharing in the unlikely places, in the unconventional ways, and expect to see your beautiful life lived and encourage others wherever they may be at. Thank you, church. I love you so much. Speak soon. Bye-bye.